Kiss you, Captain Speaking. I'm not playing. This is Carter and Cameron from Aviation on Air, brought to you by LMP Connect Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the future and history of planes. We will have a special guest on this studio. His name is Denver Somers, and we will talk to him about what he thinks of the, about autopilot and what he thinks about the future of autopilot. So let's fly right into the history of planes. As you probably know, the first plane was made in 1903 by the Wright brothers. It was a small plane that had a 12 horsepower engine. On its first flight, it went 12 seconds flying and 120 feet. This was the start to aviation, but is evolving all the time. The first ever autopilot to fly was in 1914, created by Elmer Spurry and demonstrated by his son Lawrence Spurry. It was controlled by gyroscopes that hydraulically controlled the rudders and elevators. During the late ages of World War II, Germany had a lot of amazing innovations. One of these innovations was the jet aircraft. The Messerschmitt Me262 was the first non-experimental jet aircraft. The Boeing 707 is the first mass-produced commercial jet aircraft with 865 planes produced. Its first flight was in 1957. Later, we'll be interviewing Denver Somers, a pilot who flies an Airbus A320 and the A321. The A320 first took flight in 1984, and the A321 took flight in 1994. The A320 carries 150 passengers, and the A321 carries 185. The only major difference in the aircrafts is its size. Okay guys, so now we are here with Denver Somers. He's a pilot of the Airbus A320 and the A321. Hi. Hello. How are you today? Very good. Good. Okay. So, when did you first decide to become a pilot? Uh, I was three years old when I had my first plane ride, and I was um, pretty much hooked from then on. I wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but from from about three or four years on, I knew I wanted to fly. How long have you been flying then? Um, I graduated high school in 1986, seems like a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Heston College, so I started flying in the fall of 1986. Um, So being a pilot and all, how has that affected your life? How has it affected my life? Well, um, early on, it would have been a little more of a hectic schedule. um, And it was a lot of work early on, so I think it helped to teach me that if you have a goal and want to you know, pursue it. Sometimes it takes a little more work than you might think it will be. Um, I think as I've continued to fly commercially, it's taught me to um, understand people a little more because you oftentimes fly with people that you have never met before and you have to kind of get along because if something happens, you need to be able to work together. So So you were talking about how it kind of the hours of it. So Mm -hmm. how much do you work a week usually? Uh, Right now, I generally try to fly a three-day trip a week. Like uh, tomorrow, I will get up at 2, and I have to be in New York at 6.45, and then I will get done Thursday night around 10 o'clock until I get home. It'll be 1 or 2 Friday morning. I drive to New York. Do you normally fly out of New York? Yes. Um, Does any of that cause you to have a lot of stress during the job? 
Um, if it's a really early morning show, sometimes it's kind of, you get stressed trying to fall asleep because you know you have to fall asleep because you don't have many hours. Um, but not too much. Driving home in rush hour traffic sometimes raises my stress level, but uh, no, not too bad. So you've been flying for a long time, you said. Mm -hmm. um, what is your favorite place you've ever flown? My favorite place? Boy, you're going to make me think here a little bit. Um, Barbados is beautiful. That's actually some of the most beautiful water that I've ever seen. Um, went out swimming a little bit there. Um, as far as seeing like a beautiful beach and a nice countryside, Barbados is probably one of the top places. So you were saying how you would like, you went on the beach, do you normally get that time to just relax and have the time to yourself or do you have to keep flying? On some of our trips, like when we go to the Caribbean, like this week, I will have um, 24 hours in Trinidad. Um, that's not on the beach. So it would be about a five mile walk to the beach. But yeah, when we go to the Caribbean, we don't have enough hours to be able to legally fly home um, unless we would go to maybe Dominican Republic or San Juan we could do that whole round trip if we go further south than that then we have to stay and we're normally down there for 24 hours okay so we I just asked you what your favorite place you have flown to mm -hmm. if you could fly anywhere what would your dream place be to fly um, I would like to fly into Alaska I think it would be fun to, to go into some uh, maybe not with the Airbus, but maybe with a smaller aircraft, you know, and just do some backwoods type flying or land on a sand barge or something. That's, that's kind of neat up there. So you have a family, correct? I do. Yes. And how has being a pilot affected your family? I think that sometimes it's hard. Like my son, Ethan is a junior and he's in volleyball. And just with the way the schedule works, I will not I'll be able to catch some of his volleyball games, but I'll miss quite a few. And my son, Aiden, who is a freshman this year, is in track. So it interferes sometimes with those. But at the same time, being a pilot has allowed us, because of travel benefits, to go on vacations. Like we were in Alaska last summer. We flew up there, and it's um, we get travel privileges with the company. Um, so I'm, we're able to go on vacations flying that maybe we wouldn't otherwise go on um, and my oldest son Isaac he just went on a two-week journey and all he had to do is get to a, a JetBlue city and I could get him a flight to get home from his trip so we did that last week so okay. so you said you fly out of New York most of the time correct what airline do you actually fly for JetBlue Airways um, do you have any reason why you chose to fly in the first place? Um, like I said, when I was three, I had my first plane ride. And then when I was growing up in Indiana, I would see crop dusters and they would fly over and I would just stand there for hours and watch them. But when I was a junior in high school, I knew I wanted to fly somehow, but I also wanted to do something with computers. And it kind of dawned on me one day that if I went into computer science, I'd have to make a whole lot of money to buy an airplane and fly around for fun. If I went into flying, I could easily buy a computer for much cheaper than I could buy an airplane. So I just kind of decided that it was going to be something I'd pursue as a career. So you were saying how you work with technology that will kind of come in later with like the autopilot. Mm -hmm. How is that working? 
So, do you think there's advantages over flying than other modes of transportation, such as driving, getting on a bus, or other things like that? Um, it's quicker. Statistically speaking, it's safer. Um, if there is an airplane accident, it's much more publicized in news, so it makes it seem, I think, that it's worse. But if they put um, every car accident in the news, that's all you would mm-hmm. probably see. So, I, yeah, I think the, the safety factor is definitely good, and it, it brings the world smaller. You would be, I don't know, how long does it take to, on a boat to get to Europe? Probably couple days a couple days maybe and you can be over there in like six or seven hours so yeah so we've been talking about like your flying career and how you got into that so let's talk a bit more about the autopilot Mm -hmm. is automation itself affected your career at all um yeah in in two different ways in one way it allows the flight and for any phase of flight to be safer if the autopilot is taking the duties of flying the aircraft and keeping the wings level and keeping it upright away from the pilot that the pilot can effectively handle say an emergency if there was something that was going on or handle just busy traffic say going to New York City um, it definitely cuts down on the pilot workload so that it allows your concentration to be on other factors the drawback is a lot of guys, myself included, as you rely more and more on the autopilot, your hand flying skills degrade because you just don't practice it on a daily basis as much. Yeah, that kind of comes into another question. Do you think that autopilot makes new pilots rely too much on the autopilot? I I think to an extent, if I think back to when I first started flying the Airbus, which was 15 years ago, I did rely on the autopilot a lot. You're allowed to turn it on uh, on takeoff once you're out of 100 feet above the ground or five seconds. And so you're barely, I mean, you haven't flown the airplane for very long if you turn it on in five seconds. And on landing, you can keep it on actually through our autopilot will land the aircraft. So if you rely on it that heavily, you're not gonna learn to fly the airplane. And then if the autopilot ever doesn't work, you have a little more of a handful. Okay. <clears throat> so do you use the autopilot frequently or do you prefer manually flying? I generally hand fly the aircraft on takeoff through 10 to 15,000 feet, which would be the first oh, seven to 10 minutes of flying. And then on landing, depending on the city, if it's a busy, busy city like New York, I will leave the autopilot on till about the last I'll hand fly it from maybe 2,000 feet or 1,000 feet down for landing. Um, <clears throat> if it's not a real busy airport, I may hand fly longer, but it, when I'm hand flying, then the other pilot is very busy doing a lot of things because part of my, like turning the heading knob and turning the altitude all has to go to him if I'm hand flying. And so he's doing the radios and doing knobs and programming the flight computer and all that. So it keeps him very busy if I choose to hand fly in a busy area so we often will use the autopilot during those times so we've been talking about autopilot now but a big thing in our whole podcast is in the future do you think it's a good idea to have completely automated self-flying planes without a pilot in the airplane yes 
I would say no. Number one, I wouldn't have a job. Um, <clears throat> but as we've talked briefly before with the movie Sully, um, there would be events that can happen where, at least that I see at this point, the computers would not be able to um, handle it the way a person can think through things and be able to handle the situation. Um, you can't program a computer to handle with the experience of a pilot as well as any possible scenario that could happen. Um, I suppose that one day, you know, there will be more advanced computers than what I can imagine right now that it will probably happen, but um, I still like seeing a person up front. Would you yourself, if you were a passenger, fly in a plane that had no pilot like that? Not today. Um, again, there would have to be a lot of proven technology before I'd be real comfortable with that. So. Yeah, that would be the same with me. I don't think I'd ever be able to get in a plane like that. It'd be kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Even a self-driving car, I think I would like to have at least some control over it. And maybe that's just the human part of me, but I, um, there's too much stuff that can happen, I think, that is uh, not programmable to a computer. So. Yeah. All right, well, that's all the questions we have. Okay. Well, thank you so much for meeting with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Yep. My pleasure. You've learned about the history of planes, and we talked a bit about autopilots in that section, but now we are going to talk a bit more about autopilots. Autopilots are useful now, but can have a negative effect on future planes. What would happen in an emergency if autopilot failed? Additionally, technology is evolving every second, and it is not at all different in aviation. Our economy depends on aviation. What would we do without it? Pilotless planes. What would happen if a plane had no pilot? One thing is that air traffic control would have no one to talk to if a plane fails. Plus, what if you need to make an emergency landing? How would the autopilot know where to land? Now, if you do land, you are going to need help escaping, but there is no pilot. If the U.S. Airways Flight 1549, which is based off of the movie Sully, was completely automated, I'm sure less than 150 people would have survived. Technology is evolving all the time. It is no different in a plane. If we do get fully automated planes, they would not have a backup system. So if the autopilot fails, bye-bye plane and people. It's true, but technology itself can cause trouble, such as cell phone interference. If people are using their phones, it can cause stress on the systems and gives an autopilot some trouble controlling the plane. Don't forget hackers. They are getting stronger and more powerful. Mm -hmm. They can actually go in through the plane's entertainment system and get to the autopilot and cause it to veer a bit off course. Our economy is strong, but fully automated planes could change that. Why spend the money on fully automated planes when there is only 325 deaths from planes, but 555,690 from cancer? So why change something that is safe enough? Airliners all around the world would lose money because who is really going to want to ride on a plane that has no pilot? What about the pilots? What would happen to them? Well, they would lose their jobs. About 600,000 people would lose their jobs. That would not be good. So while autopilots are useful, they shouldn't take over in the future. 
the safety of planes would go down, technology can easily corrupt, and our economy would be easily affected. In conclusion, technology is very useful, but it should not take the jobs of pilots and the staff aboard airliners. So I hope you learned something today. Thanks for listening to Aviation On Air, brought to you by LMP Connect. Time to fly away.